Welcome back to the 411 on Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Lovell. Uh, back here on the podcast, and what do you know? We're talking about WWE releases yet again. And uh, on Thursday, you know by now that WWE released uh, eight more uh, talent, and uh, that was John Morrison. The three remaining members of Hit Row after BFAB was released earlier this month, Tegan Knox, Drake Maverick, Jackson Riker, and Shane Thorne. And, you know, usually when we have done these podcasts, which have become all too common at this point, uh, based on how many talent have been released, but usually when we do it, we try to do it, you know, right after and, and discuss it and just kind of give some instant feedback. But I wanted to wait a little bit longer on this one because there, as we say every time, there's always more that comes out about, you know, what could have led to some of this, the possibilities surrounding these releases. And so that gave us, you know, another sort of news cycle to be able to, to see what may, um, you know, have went into some of this. And it, it still seems the same as it's been. Um, they were given the budget cuts reason, which, as we all know, is not really anything more than, you know, a corporate way of telling people they're fired. It, it really, in WWE land, has nothing to do with how much money they're making or the revenue. I've seen some people make, you know, the point that, yes, the WWE roster is loaded and was once they started you know, picking up a lot of talent uh, before the pandemic and the roster had gotten to a pretty high number of talent there. And um, you can understand that perhaps uh, they have sort of made the decision that, hey, we just don't want that many people on the roster and we're going to do this. But on the flip side, <laughs> if that is your your justification for it, um, you know, the whole budget cut stuff is just no one's buying it, and I think at this point, it's it's how WWE goes about the stuff more so than perhaps the actual moves themselves, and I think it just, you know, it, we are still in an era where, you know, you're looking at this, and you know, as we've said, we, we've talked about it, I mean, ROH is going on hiatus, and, and we don't know exactly what things will look like for Ring of Honor, you know, when it does come back, and, and what, you know, how much change that's going to be, uh, you know, there are a lot of places for talent to go, but, you know, it's, it's still something that, you know, when you see this many people, um, let go from WWE, um, and, you know, we talked about it on the previous episodes and we've talked about sort of the reasoning behind it and, and how it is presented as though, you know, some of these talent perhaps did not reach their potential or, or were not, you know, a value to this potential roster. But as I've said so many times, Yes, you can perhaps find ways to blame some of that on the talent if you're WWE, but at the end of the day, WWE is scripted entertainment, and how you portray these talent is going to go into whether or not you know they are successful, and that is in WWE's hands. Yes, it's also in the talent's hands because they have to be the ones to to execute it and, and go out there and actually you know make things work. But on the on the other side of that, it's just like. This is WWE has all of these talents within the, the palm of their hand, and it's their choice, Vince McMahon, Bruce Prichard, whoever, creatively, to put these people in a position to where they can succeed. And so that's why I think when you look at this latest round of releases, um, you know, there are going to be a lot of places for them to go and, and have a chance to have success. Of course, we know AEW, Impact. Um, like we said, when Ring of Honor comes back, I don't know exactly what that looks like, um, but they've kind of 
you know, if it was in the current situation and you just had Ring of Honor continuing as normal, that would be another place. But, you know, there's a lot of other options. You know, New Japan, seemingly at this point, the restrictions are not as, you know, bad as they were at one point during the pandemic. So maybe that's more of an option. Um, you know, you do have places, not just New Japan proper, but you've got New Japan strong. You've got, you know, GCW. We've talked about GCW and what they've tried to do creatively um, to to put on, you know, some pretty entertaining shows. And there's a lot of other options out there. And um, so I think that is that is obviously the good thing that you can look at and say, all right, there's not going to be a shortage of options. But when you, again, go back to this particular round and we're talking about the creative aspect of giving people an opportunity to succeed. I mean, yes, you start with John Morrison. He's the he's the biggest name of this group just because of how long, you know, he's been associated with WWE, even though, you know, his latest return. I don't know that there was a lot that you could look at with his latest return just outside of the stuff that he did with Miz uh, and said, you know, you felt like WWE hit a home run with John Morrison in, in this particular stop for him. And and I, I've just always been curious about that because this is clearly someone that, I mean, he, he has the charisma. He, he's very entertaining. Uh, certainly, he can go in the ring. Um, but, you know, this does seem to be a scenario where you look at someone like John Morrison and, you know, WWE looks at it and says, all right, he's 42 years old. And what, you know, can we do? And w- what are the next steps? Is he going to main event WrestleMania? You know, that's the that's the line that, seemingly at one point was thrown out there about how they're looking at talent and, and kind of, you know, scouting what they want to have for the future. And are these people who are going to main event WrestleMania? If not, they're expendable. They're just another number. They're just, you know, here you go. Cross it off the list onto the next one. Like that's how, and that's the corporate nature of it. Like that's how it feels sometimes with WWE. And that does not do them any favors when it comes to, you know, the fans and, and how they perceive this giant company that has all the money in the world. And it's just, it feels very corporate like to where there's just no, there's no emotion that goes into it. There's none of that. And, and look, I mean, I'm not the one running the, you know, billion dollar business. And so, uh, it is one where it's not just a bit of E like you can see this in any, any sector, uh, in business. Like this is just, this is what companies can do and say, you know what? Business is business. This is how it works. And, you know, we're on to the next thing. How can we find a way to make more money? How can we find a way to make our budget look better uh, and all of this other stuff? Uh, And that's just, unfortunately, like you said, even if, you know, enjoy it for the wrestling, but, um, you know, the business side of this can be certainly cruel sometimes. And we've seen that with with all of these releases. You know, with Morrison, it is someone that, and everybody's already started the rounds on Twitter, which we knew would happen. But, I mean, yes, like, Johnny John Morrison's going to become Johnny Impact or uh, Johnny Elite or uh, Johnny Dynamite, Johnny Rampage, go up and down the down the line. Um, he's got a lot of options. I don't think that there will be any shortage of opportunities for him. And of course, um, you know, Ty Valkyrie now, former Frankie Monet, she has been outspoken, to say the least, about uh, this whole scenario. And, and, you know, some of the things she said, I mean, you you look at that and, and I know this is kind of separate of the just these these eight talents that we're talking about but i mean she was she was not holding back anything and you can't blame her because you know that's what she said she's sort of um you know wrestlers are are going to be in a position where this is their livelihood like this is what they have 
um, you know, to to do to support themselves and their families and, and all of this other stuff. So I, I, I completely I don't know why people think that, you know, and of course, it is social media sometimes can be the extreme, as we know, but they should be able to to support, you know, their their significant others in this case, when you look at her and John Morrison, but really anyone. Um, this is their profession and, you know, talent want to make sure they're being treated correctly. And, you know, this again, goes back to the independent contractor discussion that's been had for so long about, you know, what you can do to protect wrestlers. And and we've talked about, you know, everyone's mentioned the the potential union and all this stuff. And if it'll ever happen, all of that. And I mean, again, all of these people have their right to, to say whatever they want. Um, after a company just throws you to the side and says, all right, on to the next like that. You can say whatever you want, and I don't blame any of them for being outspoken. Um, at especially we talked about it with with Frankie Monet or Ty Valkyrie. Like it's just, I mean, she was with the company not long at all. Um, you know, basically uproots everything, moves, and and she's not there long enough. And what does she do? She gets a a text, email, call, whatever, and hey, budget cuts. Thanks for coming. See ya. Like that's it. Like that's just sort of the the nature of how WWE does business with this kind of stuff and when it comes to letting go of talent. So, I mean, for John Morrison, those two could certainly, you know, reunite somewhere. And and I think, as we always say, when you have a name like this and it's just, you know, AEW is going to be the company that comes up. There is going to come a point, though, where for AEW, I mean, they're not going to be able to take on any more talent. Is that, have we reached that point? I mean, the roster is already big. I don't know. But, you know, for AEW, it's still you are, are looking at the value too of a John Morrison or someone like that being able to come in and, and have an opportunity to, to perhaps do some things that when you look at their roster, when you look at his style, you know, John Morrison with, with Dante Martin and, and people and going down the line, like there's just, there's so many possibilities. And so that is going to continue to be a very curious thing. And yes, there will come a point where AW cannot add any more of these talents to their roster. Uh, but I don't know that that's going to be the case. I think they'll just continue to sort of cycle people in and out and um, we'll see kind of what comes of it. But John Morrison, he will have no lack of opportunities just given the name value, um, you know, and everything that he's accomplished in wrestling, even though I think this latest WWE run uh, left a lot to be desired. Um, all right, let's go to, you know, the, the big one here. And I think, again, this is this is one that there was a lot of hesitation about, what was going to happen to Hit Row when they made the switch from NXT to the main roster. And it's, I put it on Twitter, like it is just incredible to think of, we all had concerns, I think, and we were just kind of curious, are they actually going to make this work? Because it was a, a, a hot act. Like you had a hot act in NXT that had pretty much gotten themselves over um, with, with what they could do. Very entertaining group. A lot of charisma. Um, and it was just, you know, we've said it too many times, is what is going to happen when they basically go into a different universe, <laughs> the different WWE universe here from NXT to the main roster. And it is just incredible to think that, what, in a span of basically a little over a month, month and a half, something like that, the entire group was released. And it's just, I can't even, <laughs> you can't, it's hard to wrap your head around it because... You know, when, when BFAB was released, I don't know that what the really the expectation was. I mean, you thought that maybe this was just one of those where, for whatever reason, um, you know, the, the powers that be just decided that, that they did not need her in the group and um, they were going to go forward. And we heard all the speculation about kind of what 
the you know WWE thought of Hit Row, and of course there was all the rumors and and backstage gossip about you know they were being seen as a group that you know you could look at at AJ Francis Top Dollar and think that he could be the one that stands out, but you also had you know certainly you know Swerve and, and Adonis like those guys were certainly talented in their own right, and so but but now like you just fast forward. And there was clearly something to that when, when B, BFAB was released, you know, several weeks ago. Again, we're not even talking about that long ago at this point. Um, and, and it's just for the entire group to be released that quickly to go from a, a an overact like that to going to the main roster. And I know that Fightful Select, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, had put out a report on Friday about how there was a lot of uncertainty creatively as to what to do with Hit Row. And, you know, there was, uh, you know, should they be baby faces? Should they be heels? Who should be the leader of the group? What's their direction going to be? That was all mentioned in that report. And and I'm just sitting back thinking, wow, like that, that is where it got to wondering how do we, what do we do, period? Like all those questions, those, those three topics about baby face, heel, leader, direction, all three of those things were essentially defined in NXT and you knew exactly what you could do with this group, but yet once you just make that one little change, that changing the environment from NXT to the main roster, everything changes. And it's just, you know, all of a sudden you have no idea what to do with this group. And I just can't even, I don't even know what to say about that. And yes, like for me personally, like I thought that Swerve was probably, you know, that person that still, I mean, I think he's going to probably be someone, and that's not to knock the 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 rest of them, but you know, I th- I've always just enjoyed his work, and I think that that he'll probably be scooped up by AEW. Would be my guess. I mean, I think that you know he's just got a lot to offer in terms of what he can do, both in and outside the ring. So, uh, but you know, I mean, I, I know there was a lot more you know discussion about Top Dollar and just kind of his, you know, I guess behavior on social media and all of this was mentioned and sort of the getting too comfortable. I think that was the line that was used in one of the reports. Um, you know, just kind of backstage, just kind of feeling like maybe you know. I guess you're set in your role and, you know, you have nothing to, to worry about in terms of losing your job. Well, here they are. And uh, I just, yeah, th- this is one that I think everyone was a little, you know, worried about what was going to become of Hit Row after they, you know, made the switch to the main roster. And clearly it was justified because uh, WWE had nothing, had no idea what to do clearly with this group and, and ultimately decided that they were expendable. Um, and, you know, it's it's interesting to think, right? Like they had just, basically you know tried to run an angle or something was it was last week on smackdown or i don't even remember it all runs together at this point but i mean it's just so this was a very with all of these you have to think that like this was a pretty quick decision um and 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 that is that environment in and of itself that i think is the bigger concern is this is some these are decisions that are being made like we said i mean maybe they are premeditated in terms of they've been you know had this list and we're just going to do it at different intervals, perhaps, but it it doesn't seem that way. It seems like there are some days where perhaps, or, you know, they're coming into the week or coming into the day saying, all right, you know what? We need to do this today. Let's just get it. Let's, here we go. We don't care. We don't care what creatively has happened. Um, these, these people have got to be let go. And that's where I think from a fan standpoint, what is the reason to get invested in any of the storylines on WWE TV when you know just at a at a whim, 
this company is just going to all of a sudden turn around and say, all right, you know what? Actually, we don't care. We don't care anything about this story. Nothing. We're, we're letting this person go. Like, because we just need to, you know, do what we need to do. And I know like that is business. And you know, at any time, like someone can get fired from their job at any moment, but it, it's harder. I think when you're talking about the creative aspect and the story aspect of what you're trying to do in professional wrestling is you're trying to do weekly episodic television, as they like to tell us. And that is following the story week to week uh, in some form or fashion. And then just, just completely <laughs> uproot everything, which again goes back to the, the hit rope scenario of you have the entire group come up, um, seemingly, you know, getting ready to, ready to, to set off in this story direction of somewhere. And then you let one member go. And then now what, um, you know, several weeks later, you let the rest of the group go. And so any, any investment you had in this group, thinking that there was going to be some direction, any investment you put into that was a complete waste of time. That's what they're telling you as why, why put your, your time into it when at any point we can let anyone go. And it's, they've almost like, it is like, it's like, we've been scared into thinking, oh, well, I really enjoy this on Raw or SmackDown or, um, you know, wherever, but eh, this person could be fired tomorrow. I, I don't know if I should get that invested in it. And, and you know, that, that is the unfortunate nature, I think, of this trend that is happening. And, and I think that does, again, does not do WWE any favors when it comes to what their fan base is going to perhaps put into it. And the unfortunate fact is, if, you know, if you want to prove it the other way, this company can lose viewers. They can lose some of the other stuff to, to an extent. Now, obviously they can't just, you know, bottom out and everyone stops watching and, and then they've got a problem, but they have these deals, these billion dollar deals. They've got Saudi Arabia where they can make whatever astronomical amount of money on a single night. And that is where WWE has gotten so big. And everyone always asked the question, is WWE too big to fail? Of course, that was the, you know, whatever the popular line many years ago. But it's like, I, at this point, there, there's a lot of different ways you could go about, you know, what is the next step for this company and where are they ultimately headed? Are they headed for a sale? I, I don't know. But there's, there's just a, with moves like this, there's just a lot more sort of questions. And that's where, again, from a fan experience, um, I, I find it harder to sit back and, and to really, you know, get fully invested in anything on their programming because you just don't know now. They have set this precedent to where, hey, we we may be doing a storyline the week before with someone, but we could also change our mind very quickly and just decide to release them for quote unquote budget cuts the following day or the following week. So sorry that you wasted your time on them. Like that, that is just, that, that is the part that I think is, um, you know, it can shake you as a fan. And, um, so yeah, I, I know I'm all over the place on this, but like, there are just so many thoughts I think that tie into some of these releases. And I think that one in particular, like I said, with hit row, where it just seemed like there was going to be a direction for this group when they, you know, they're, they're drafted and all this, and then nothing that you just get, you know, any hope you had just, just taken away because it's just not. It was not in the cards uh, for them. But uh, we'll quickly run through this, the rest of the list here. Tegan Knox, of course, you hate it for Tegan Knox, and I know everyone has said that, but my goodness. I mean, you think about what she's gone through injury-wise, and I, you know, just for her to even be in the, the position to be wrestling, uh, given some of the injuries she's had, of course, with um, you know, the ACL and all that. Like, it's just it's incredible to think that, that she still is doing what she's doing. But 
Um, you know, for her, I, perhaps we should have looked at this and said, well, clearly WWE is never going to use her right on the main roster because I think, you know, the one thing we were laughing about, and it's unfortunate we were laughing about this and it was not on the performers, but, you know, when she and Shotzi were, were brought up and what was it? Did they win a couple matches against Natalia and Tamina? Uh, and, you know, I think they won, what was it two matches maybe? And maybe I'm wrong about the count on that, but, and they never got a title shot. Like they just beat them twice, I think, and, and never got a shot at the titles. Um, it's just like, that's when you, I think really, to me, like that's not just storyline inconsistency. That's just, we're, we just need to fill time. And we don't care if it doesn't make sense. Like we're just going to fill time. And, and that again, from an investment standpoint, just makes it so hard to get invested. When you see stuff like that, you're like, well, wait a second. The two challengers, who just came up from NXT red hot now because they've beaten the champions uh, a couple times in some form or fashion. But nah, they're not going to really get a chance at the titles. That's no big deal. Um, it's just like when you treat your fan base like they're just morons sometimes, that also, I think, can rub you the wrong way. Uh, and that is another, I think, significant flaw that WWE has is that, you know, everyone that watches their programming just, you know, just has no idea and doesn't understand. And, you know, they're always smarter than the fans and you know it's just like I, I just think that's too when you when you insult fans intelligence that's another way to turn them off and uh that's just yeah like that's that's something too when i think about with tegan knox i'm like they said so they bring them up as a team and then of course they split them um i mean shotzi's you know been doing stuff on smackdown of course but why why bring the team up have them win a couple matches against the champions i mean think about that direction you bring two nxt talents up they beat the tag team champions and then you just they don't get a they don't get a championship match and then you split them at the draft. It's just like that is a clear sign that you have no idea where you're going with these two and perhaps more direction with Shotzi, but you know what? I say that if WWE released Shotzi next week, would any of us be surprised? No. Because that is the that is the precedent that has been set at this point. Um, you know, WWE re- released Roman Reigns next week would be surprised, yes. But for the most part outside of those top tier stars Going back to the Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, all those examples, anyone is clearly expendable for this company. And think about what that does for the backstage atmosphere. If I'm a WWE talent, I'm a top star walking around, how could I feel? I, I've earned this spot. Like I have, you know, raised my profile and um, I've done all this. But yet, at any time, for seemingly no doing of my own, a billion dollar company is going to decide that budget cuts, they need to let me go. Uh, it's just, yeah, like it's a, it's a tough business to think about. And like I said, I, I can understand some of the business aspects of this and really, you know, when you think about it, I don't understand some of those parts. Sometimes when you look at it it's just kind of, uh, it's, it's tough to understand uh, with some of this stuff, but, uh, finishing up here. I mean, Drake Maverick had the best reaction of anything that you could find when it comes to these WWE releases. Um, I mean, and he had it ready too. And I know everyone's brought that up, but I mean, Drake Maverick had the video ready and it was, you know, going off of the previous video when he was let go by WWE the first time. Uh, but then it was sort of adding in those layers of, look, you didn't get into professional wrestling to be a WWE superstar. You got into professional wrestling to be a professional wrestler. And I just thought that I, the video was just fantastic. If you haven't seen it, which again, I'm sure you have, it's just, it's been shared all over the place. Um, I think John Cena, he reacted to it and said, you know, to be sure to watch it. So that's when, you know, when John Cena is telling you to watch something that it doesn't take a shot at WWE, but it is a very strong message 
to say that, look, WWE is not the end-all be-all anymore. And um, that is where, you know, when you do have someone like John Cena sharing something like that and, and responding to it in a positive way, um, that that also speaks volumes, I think. But yeah, Drake Maverick's video is just incredible. And that's where, like, I'm watching this five-minute video of Drake Maverick, and I'm thinking, look at the creativity in this. I mean, this is very creative. This is very well put together. I mean, I don't know. Should Drake Maverick be, you know, in some sort of creative role somewhere? Because this guy clearly understands, like, how to how to tell stories and, and understanding, like, just what you can do in this age, you know, whether it's with social media or other stuff. I, I mean, and it was clear. I mean, he was slotted into this 24-7 division, which is just completely meaningless at this point. Um, you know, nothing against any of the talents that are running around chasing the title, but it's just, it means nothing. Uh, WWE has never put any value into this title. Um, and it's just, you know, one of those where, you know, when you're slotted there, there's always going to be the possibility of this happening. And so Drake Maverick, I, he will also land on his feet somewhere because he's just got too good of a reputation, I think in the industry. And, uh, again, very creative individual, very entertaining. So he'll be fine. Um, Jackson Riker, you know, Shane Thorne, you can probably, I mean, you can group these guys, I think together just because Shane Thorne, obviously to a lesser extent, because he didn't, I mean, outside of just this just the awful retribution stuff. Um, you know, it wasn't really ever a factor on the main roster. And, and again, when you're stuck with that, which I mean, as we said, we go back to the Mia Yim thing or any of those, like you can kind of look at it from that standpoint too. When you just are portrayed and, and WWE has that control over how you're portrayed on television and you are thrust into that role, you have very little chance of success. And I mean, it's just there again, you can make the, the best gimmick work. And I know like, what is the one? So there's someone that's always talked about sort of the red rooster example of Terry Taylor back in the day with the, uh, the red rooster gimmick. And well, you know, could have found a way to make it work. No, you can't, you can't make a way to make a red rooster gimmick work. Just like this retribution stuff. Um, it's just impossible. I think to, you know, it's hard to, to wear like the stink of the retribution stuff. And, and that's why I think for Shane Thorne just never really, you know, was able to do a whole lot beyond that. Um, but he's another one that, you know, you kind of saw, I mean, when he was in NXT and such, like he's, he's talented. He'll, he'll find, he'll find work. Um, I have no doubt. And, you know, Jackson Riker, obviously there was a lot of, um, you know, people on, on different sides of Jackson Riker in terms of, what they thought, um, you know, of him as a talent. And, and certainly, you know, when you look at the stuff, it's just, again, like there was just not a whole lot to what the direction was going to be. I mean, I know we had the thing with Elias and, and all of that, but really, I mean, beyond that, there just was not, you know, are you shocked that Jackson Riker was let go among this group? Probably not, just because he was another one that, yes, they used him occasionally, but, um, you know, was never really someone I think that, was going to get, you know, that top tier push or, or top tier, you know, view as a star, um, in WWE. And so, um, I think again, you know, that's just, as we've said, I mean, everyone is kind of expendable when you look at it from their standpoint and, um, you know, you have people lower down the card. It's just, uh, it's a nature of what they're doing at this point. I think with that. So, um, yeah, that, those were the, you know, the eight that were released and, uh, you know, is there going to be more probably like at this point? I mean, that's just, that's the expectation. There probably is going to be more. And I mean, I think that's just kind of the, the, the nature of where things are with WWE. And, um, you know, it's just, I, I don't even know how else you kind of respond to this stuff. And, and I don't think it's, I've seen people say this too. No, like it's not, 
it's not good to be numb to it either because the, these are, again, people's livelihoods. And, um, you know, but my goodness, when they just do this time after time and uh, it's just they are they have clearly, you know, set a, a course for where they want to go. And, you know, coming off of their lowest NXT rating, viewership, whatever, uh, of that era on USA Network, um, maybe they've just decided, hey, we're going we're gonna to take our lumps now and uh, we're going to build for the future and hope for the best. And if that's what they're doing, then, hey, good luck. Um, see if it works and uh, I guess go from there because they have the money to throw around, but uh, apparently they don't have the money to throw around to uh, the talent that they've released uh, at this point and they want to try to focus on other things and uh, we will see, I guess, what comes with that. But uh, those were, again, more WWE releases and uh, I'm sure there'll be more information coming out on the specifics behind this, uh, maybe what led to some of these releases. Of course, uh, all the uh, pretty much the majority of the talent, I think, have already reacted on social media. So uh, you can find all of their reactions and everything over at forumomania.com got all the news uh you know everything kind of surrounding this and uh yeah so be sure to check out everything over there and um as always be sure to subscribe to the podcast uh any podcast app you use search for 411 on wrestling and uh as always we will have the link to the gofundme the larry zonka's family in the show notes uh, so be sure to continue to share and contribute to that if you can uh survivor series coming up on sunday and uh, all the coverage of that as well over at 41mania.com with the news uh, reviews and uh, some columns as well. Steve Cook uh, just did his top seven Survivor Series moments uh, column. We've also got a 411 fact or fiction uh, with myself uh, included in that as well. Pretty fun uh, to discuss uh, five uh, topics uh, heading into Survivor Series. I think there's a couple maybe that are non-Survivor Series related, but so you can check that out on the site as well. Uh, so you can find that all at 41mania.com. But uh, thanks as always for listening to the podcast, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. You're on 411 on Wrestling Podcast.